The Money Show. Consumer Ninja. Time for the Consumer Ninja to wield her samurai. Wendy Nola, of course, are giving <laughs> us these gems that we need as consumers to kind of give us all the information that would save us money, but more so save us the hassle. Wendy, Wendy welcome again to The Money Show. Thanks so much, Mateo. I wanted to kick off with an update on an issue that Bruce and I spoke about in this segment a month ago. So the background was, what if a person is forced at gunpoint to reveal their pins to criminals um, who then go on to clean out their accounts and max out their credit facilities? In that case, can the bank still refuse to reimburse them because they so-called compromised their pins? And the case study was Temben Kosi Kichini, who was kidnapped and held hostage by gunmen for about six hours back in Feb. The criminals subsequently got their hands on 3,000 rand out of his F&B accounts, and that was that amount was reimbursed by the bank. But 84,000 rand was transferred out of his Capitec account. And when he came to me um, with his story, um, th- that bank had told him that it was his loss to bear. He would not be reimbursed. So I ran the issue past Rihanna Stein, who's the Ombudsman for Banking Services. Yeah. And just to find out how, because they obviously would get complaints from people who felt it was unfair because they didn't have a choice. It was life and death situation and how can the bank not help them in their hour of need kind of thing. And she said the basic uh, principles that they work on is that the bank, the her office, the Ombuds office, can only rule in favor of consumers in such complaints or any complaints um, if the bank was somehow in the wrong, and, and in this case, somehow negligent, for example, if they've got a call to say, um, you know, this person's been uh, hijacked and, you know, put a stop on their card or whatever, and they failed to act on it, and then the losses happened because of that, obviously, they would then be required by the ombudsman to, to pay their money back. Um, but she said, unfortunately, although we truly sympathize with the victims of these incidents and we understand that they are not to be blamed for the crime, we also understand that banks can't be blamed for the crime either and the loss uh, and the losses as the kidnapping and robbery took place outside of bank premises. Um, she said, um, yeah, again, they would refund in the case of um, any wrongdoing or negligence. Um, but if it was the case that in these cases, you know, the hijacking or home invasion where there was, a, you know, some ele- element of violence and, and, you know, threats with guns and whatever, if, if, if it was, standard practice that in those cases the banks would automatically have to pay back all the losses she said that would be you know open to abuse and it would open the flood floodgates yeah i see that yeah a whole lot you know and, and and even he said even she said banking customers pretending to have fallen victim of a crime or or you know arranging it with their mates and she said this would lead to an untenable situation which could threaten the collapse of the banking system but she did add in certain instances banks have taken the decision to refund their customers in full as a commercial okay. um, decision at their discretion. And she says, we often advocate for this outcome on a sympathy basis as well. So I went to Capitec. This is where we were when we last spoke about this. Uh, I went to Capitec. I didn't give them much notice because I just heard about the case to say, would they consider reimbursing uh, Tim and Corsi some or all of his losses on a sympathy basis, as uh, Rihanna Stane, the Ombud, had put it. I hadn't had any feedback by the time we went to air. As I said, it was short notice. But here's the update. Earlier this week, a very happy Tim and Corsi phoned me to say oh. that Capitec had fully reimbursed his losses. So I That's checked amazing. that with. I know. And he was so happy. I checked that with the bank's brand and communications head, Bronwyn 
Pretorius, um, and she confirmed that she said, we've decided to write off our client's access facility based on his individual circumstances. We are indeed happy that Mr. Kachini is pleased. Um, and meanwhile, this is the important bit, um, the Ombud is going to be engaging with the banks to suggest that they allow clients to protect their accounts, you know, their decision by means of, for example, a seven-day notice period to withdraw funds from investments accounts and and the likes, home loans and that kind of thing, because that's where they get really, when they start transferring those funds, they can get, you know, so much money out of you that you mostly left paying off. Um, And I think that's an important discussion because, you know, it's wanting immediate access to our funds that then allow the crooks also immediate access also when they get, get a chance, yeah. So I think that's a that's a nice discussion that's going to be going on in the coming months. And then on a slightly different tack, we didn't have time for this last week, Bruce and Amoteo, but um, I was talking about um, asking companies awkward questions. Um, and the one I asked Woolworths was prompted from prompted by rather an email that I got from Celia, and she said, "I've got a beef with." beef with Woolworths communications regarding store card amounts payable in terms of credit regulations. Is it legal for Woolworths to SMS a customer saying there is a small amount of uh, whatever, you know, say hundred rand to pay on your Woolies store card by a certain date when that small amount is only the very minimum amount owing and the total owed is a lot more, but that's not mentioned at all in the SMS. The wording seems designed to mislead the customer into paying only the minimum amount and therefore incurring the most interest on the balance to Woolworths gain. Seems to be like a deliberate lack of transparency, mm. Celia said. Um, uh, she says the NCA says that it's the consumer's right to understand all fees, costs, interest rates, the total installment, and any other details. Um, she says, or does a Woolies store card perhaps and perhaps also communication by SMS not fall under credit law? So I was intrigued by that. I researched the issue, and it appears this practice does not conform to the National Credit Act. Uh, the Act Section 109, Form and Content of Statement of Account, states this, the opening balance shown in each successive statement of account must be the same as the closing balance shown in the immediately preceding Statement of account. In other words, it's not okay to merely communicate to your customers what their minimum payment is, um, not even in an SMS because SMS falls under communication in um, the Act. Well, his response was the SMS is a reminder of the minimum minimum contractual payment. And what about the the interest? It does not constitute the formal statement of account. The minimum installment required is calculated at, I don't know how many people know this, 3%, only 3% of the outstanding balance. The monthly statement is sent separately to the customer and provides all the relevant information, including the balance outstanding on the account. Customers are at any time able to pay more than the minimum installment required and may settle the account at any time. Yes, we know this, but I would say certainly that it would be best practice in any communication about what somebody owes on the account to also to say, yes, this is the minimum you can pay, but your total outstanding is this. Um, I think that's just the more transparent way to do things because we do respond, don't we, as as, as consumers? We yes. do respond, some of us, more readily to an SMS than an email that's piling up in your in your inbox. A debt counsellor of considerable repute when I ran this past her commented, now why send the SMS in the first 
place worded like that then. Rather just remind the customer the statement is on its way with the full amount owing and the minimum amount payable. Credit providers trying to be cute. Annoy me, she says. <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting one. If you get one of those SMSs from any credit provider, anyone you owe money to, don't just go for the minimum payment. Um, I know it's hard. We've been crushed from all sides financially. But um, if you certainly if you want to get your credit score up, um, only paying the minimum amount every month is not the way to do it because um, it's yeah, got that seen as a sign that you're kind statement. of clinging on by your fingernails. Yeah. Well, well done to the consumer that was vigilant enough to pick that up and uh, well done to you for doing the groundwork. Of course, um, you, you've also helped the uh, customer that had their money taken away, taken away from robbers. So I love uh, a, a good ending uh, to, to that particular story. And hopefully, um, you know, you got a, a lot of thank yous from that consumer who had contacted you about, um, you know, getting reimbursed by that bank after being robbed. Uh, that was uh, Consumer Ninja, uh, Wendy Nola, still uh, will that samurai and helping every consumer that uh, um, you know sends her messages for help thank you so much uh, for joining us again this week